I'm Mitch Ladd. And I'm Matt Stevens. And this is Comic Sans Drinks. So, our pick for this episode, uh, I am so excited. (laughs) So, on this episode, we're going to talk about a book that I have loved since issue one. I believe I've been trying to get you to read since about issue one. Yep. And all it took was me creating another podcast for you to finally (laughs) do it. Um, So we are reading Radiant Black. So Radiant Black, it takes place in the Chicago suburb of Lockport. Uh, so my first thought when we were trying to pair a book, uh, pair a drink with a comic that's based in Chicago was to find a recipe with Malort. Um, but Matt, you, you shot that down pretty quick. Yeah. Cause yeah. I you don't need a whole drink with Malort in it. Yeah. So, so we both then thought to switch to, to beer. Uh, and you know, like, Chicago, it has a lot of different wonderful beers. Um, Revolution Brewing is from Chicago. Yep. Two Brothers, um, you know, so many others. But we both kind of were on the same wavelength, and we were like, "Oh, if we're going to talk about a Chicago, like a Chicago beer, it's got to be old style." Absolutely. Guess what? <laughs> it's very hard to find old style in Springfield. Um, so much so that we gave up, and so this week's drink of choice is Goose Island 312, which makes sense. It does. It does. Um, Justifiably a better choice. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. And this is where I became evil. This is where Chaotic (laughs) Mitch came into play. I bought, uh, uh, I, I, I bought the beer. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw the this six pack of little like airplane shooters of Malort. I'm and I had already cashed out, but I asked the cashier, I was like, "Do you happen to have like single ones?" And he said, "Yes." I was real scared that you actually bought six of these for a second. God no. <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to do a shot of Malort right now. Oh God. Um. I have found because, okay, so fun fact about me, um, there is a bar that's very close to my house that has Malort, and so I'll go there sometimes with friends, and Drunk Mitch likes to be chaotic, um, so... <laughs> and buy them for people? Yes. Oh, God. I have found that chilled Malort is slightly better than than room temperature Malort. So would you like your Malort chilled or room temperature? I... I mean, I guess I can't get any worse. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh. <laughs> Just gonna go with both of them in there. Yeah. All right. This will officially be the third shot of Malort I've ever had. The second was thanks to not Seth. The first was thanks to not Seth. The second was thanks to. Uh, my dear good friend that I grew up with, TJ, um, we were at C2E2 a couple of years ago and, uh, he used to live in Chicago. So we went, Tabitha and I went over to hang out with him for a little bit and, uh, we had a couple of beers and he had a whole bottle of Malort in his house, like in his mm. possession. 
So he started pouring shots and Tabitha refused, which was a brilliant choice. Um, but I, I don't know what I was thinking. I said, yes. So, so, um, we have mighty Morphin power Rangers shot glasses. I've got, I've got red Ranger. Matt's got green. Salud. Oh, God. (laughs) There's a little bit left. Do you want it? No. (laughs) God, why? (laughs) Like, it's not even like, it's not even like Jaeger bad. Like, I don't like black licorice, but, you know, like, Jaeger can be stomached. This is just. Yeah. It yeah it, it tastes like pine tree. Oh, it, it yeah. it's like if you uh, I don't know old shoe and pine tree. I don't yeah, know. and it's got a lingering taste too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, this God. is this is the shot that you buy friends when you no longer want to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that say about me Whew. when I buy these shots all the time? <laughs> uh. Your disturbed individual. <clears throat> just now figuring that out? No, yeah. no. Just more fuel for the fire, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that said, um, we've now both been trying to wash down the taste of Malord with uh, with the 312. 312 is not new to either one of us, but what are your thoughts on this? I love 312. It is one of my go-to summer beers. Um, it It's great. It's light. Um, I, I don't usually care for a lot of wheat beers, but it's just, it's just so easy drinking that, uh, yeah, this is hands down. Like this time of year, I'm looking to stock the fridge with something. I'm going to get a pack of a three, one, two, and it'll, I'll, I'll work through those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This is a very good summer beer. Um, it's not one that I buy frequently. I used to, mm. um, but then I don't know. Goose Island, you know, they've they've got other. As much as I like this one, they have other beers that I like more. Okay, so it's kind of like one of those things that like I always kind of gravitate toward, like uh, their Green Line Pale Ale. Yep. Oh, love it. Um, but yeah, so like just things like that. So it's like. I'm kind of glad. Well, I'm <laughs> glad that we didn't find uh, old style just in general. But I'm glad that we ended up getting this. Yeah. It's a very, very good substitute. So anyway, Radiant Black. It centers around uh, Nathan Burnett, who has to move back home to Lockport after failing as a writer in L.A. Um, Matt... As someone who grew up in the Chicago area and is a writer, mm-hmm. how seen did you feel reading this book? So many times. There's so many <laughs> moments. Um, like I'm, I'm jumping way ahead here, but that that part of the issue where he's like, "Oh, this is going to be a writing day," and he sits down and he like the, there's like two pages where it's like an old story that he wrote. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it and I'm unintentionally critiquing it. <laughs> and then I turn the next page and he's like, this is horrible. I'm like, oh, good. You agree. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have pulled up old stories. and be like, what the hell was I thinking? This is awful. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so before we dive deep into the comic, I, I do kind of want to talk about you and your writing because that that is something that's really important to you. Um, when did you first get into it? Um, I guess long story short is uh, grade school. Like they did the young authors thing in grade school. Um, it I know right now there's like a like a competition. Like people get chosen and it goes on to like state and whatever level. Um, for that ours was just inside the school it was like do this like spend some time produce it they were all out during like the fine arts night so everybody got to see him got to read him um that's probably where it started realizing that i i wanted to write stories um the second young authors one that i wrote um i intentionally unintentionally created my first red herring um in that story um i didn't even know it was a red herring when i wrote it i took me until i was probably in high school and i was reading other stories i was like i read a sherlock holmes or something and i was like oh my god like that's like a it's not a complex plot structure but it's like i threw that into a book when i was in like sixth grade like okay all right like maybe there's something to this um I, I did spend a lot of time not writing. Um, you know, I, I, the last, the last year or so, um, you know, life has been hectic and I haven't done as much as I've wanted to, but, um, yeah, I still plugging away. I actually spent a bunch of time this morning working on a story. Um, so I don't know. There's, there's long-term short-term goals, um imposter syndrome there's uh feel that you know (laughs) not even imposter syndrome but just like feeling like what i'm producing is not good enough but uh you know there's still hopes and dreams out there that uh i don't know i'll you know eventually have a book with just my name on it so Nice, nice. Um, I know we've talked about it on the main pod a few times over the years, so if you're listening to this and you haven't, then, I don't know, go back and check out other episodes of The Geek Awakens. I'm not going to tell you which one. you got to listen to them all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll talk talk about you know a couple of the stories that you've written. Obviously, I'm not going to ask you your favorite because that's an impossible <laughs> question. It but. is an impossible question. Um, I think one of the ones that I'm probably the most proud of, um, though, is I wrote a time travel story um, uh, called Fortune Faded, and I did so much research for that story. Um, like I actually read a Stephen Hawking book um, so that I could understand time travel, black holes, all that kind of stuff, so that when I wrote it, it made as much logical sense as I could possibly do. Um, so I really enjoyed that one. Um, I think one of my favorite characters I've ever created um, is in a superhero story I wrote um, where Eugene um, is an old retired superhero who uh, is living at a retirement community. And um, the long and short of it is he he wants life to be over. He's, he's done everything he can think of. He feels like he's past his prime. Um, but his superpowers don't really lend themselves to ending things and it's made life complicated. Um, so I have, I have dreams of going back and revisiting Eugene, um, in long form. So we'll see. Yeah. And then as of recently, I've kind of delved into away from sci-fi and other genres, um, and into, into horror 
um, just because it's a lot of what I enjoy reading right now. Um, and I've got, I don't know, the one I'm working on is horror. Um, I've got one which is still out for submission. Fingers crossed that that actually comes to fruition. But that's kind of like a coming-of-age horror story. So kind of like a cross between It and The Sandlot. Um, so, Yes, that sounds amazing. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, all right. Radiant Black. Um Radiant Black, it's written by Kyle Higgins. Uh, you're going to find out here very shortly why I'm such a Kyle Higgins fanboy, <laughs> but I am such a Kyle Higgins fanboy. Um, we got to interview him at C2E2 uh, forever ago, and it was so exciting. Um, so it's written by Kyle Higgins, art by Marcelo Costa. Um, it's a monthly series that's uh, published by Image Comics. It premiered in February of 2021. Um, Kyle has written for Marvel and DC, as well as many other creator-owned comics. Uh, just a small sampling of his work includes a Winter Soldier miniseries in 2018, a Captain One Shot, a Captain America One Shot. Uh, I don't know who Captain One Shot is. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Not uh, the one that can do this all day. No, <laughs> he could do it for 48 pages max, and then he's done. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, did a Captain <sighs> America one shot in 2009. Um, the he did a mini series called Batman Gates of Gotham in 2011. Uh, he wrote for Nightwing uh, at the beginning of the New 52 uh, from 2011 to 2014. Also wrote for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers from now. I didn't in my research. I didn't find concrete but i'm pretty sure he wrote it from 2016 to 2018 um up until like the the shatter grid um event that was that was all him am i correct that he was part of like that relaunch of yeah yeah yeah. mighty morphin power Mm -hmm. rangers and comics yes yeah he created lord dracon boom yeah yeah so um, his creator-owned work also includes uh, the Dead Hand uh, Cowl, which makes a little uh, a little uh, cameo in in Radiant Black, um, Ordinary Gods, um, and then also he's also working on right now uh, No One and Deep Cuts. So on the flip side, Marcelo Costa uh, has also worked for on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, as well as uh, Firefly, Hidden Society, and Self Made. So for this, uh, for this, I almost said issue. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Uh, for this episode, we're covering the first six issues of Radiant Black, which is correct collected in Volume One, uh, not so Secret Origins. Um, be- spoiler free, hot take. What did you think of Radiant Black? And if you um, say anything other than <clears throat> I loved it, I'm kicking you out of my house. <laughs> no, it's it's fantastic. Um, Honestly, if if I hadn't had to focus on this first volume to like keep cohesive thoughts, um, I would it, I would be through at least volumes two and three already. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, you're not at in, in in the grand scheme of things, you're not that far behind there. Uh, we're gearing up for issue 25. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything, but like, oh my God, get caught up. Get <laughs> caught up, please. Um, so, issue one. 
We start off with a shot of a cell phone open to someone's bank account. They've got $46.98 in checking and have more than $38,000 in credit card debt. Um, you said you felt seen. Now it's my turn <laughs> to feel seen. Okay. Uh, we also find out that they've applied for a loan that has been denied. Uh, this lucky person is our hero, Nathan Burnett. Uh, he's trying to get a, uh, he's trying to get the loan officer to change their mind, telling them he's a writer, he's working on his novel, he's literally on his way to a meeting, you know, um, just needs a little bit of money. It doesn't work. Um, and while he's having a moment, uh, the back door opens and we learn that he's a rideshare driver. <laughs> This was so sad. Like the 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 pastor is like, um, we can get somebody else. He's like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. So, a week later, Nathan is back in his hometown of Lockport, Illinois. Um, his parents, mostly his mom, are very excited to have their baby back. Um, enter Marshall, Nathan's best friend. Uh, he has one of the best first lines that I've read in a mm. comic. He says, the great white hope returns, fresh <laughs> off conquering all the white whales. Nathan's like, uh, I don't think that's how you say any of those things. <laughs> Mixing metaphors. A little bit. Yeah. Um, Marshall talks the Burnets, Nathan included, into getting uh, Nathan to come out for some drinks so that they can catch up. At the bar... Nathan tells Marshall just how much he's in the hole and that his parents don't know and how bad it is. Um, this this little line also like uh, made me chuckle. Nathan goes, uh, they don't have that kind of money. Besides, have you met my dad? He gets offended when a beer costs $12. <laughs> Marshall says, if you pay $12 for a beer, you deserve to be in crippling debt. And I'm like, Marshall, like... <laughs> absolutely <laughs> is that just la prices oh god i mean <laughs> like i willingly pay it for like at a baseball game or something but i'm not happy about it no no um before we get to before we get to like the the um like main point of this issue what are your thoughts so far um already i'm enjoying it um it, it it cracks me up because this I, I knew that this was based like quote unquote in Chicago, but I love that it's not quote unquote in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Like it's in one of the suburbs, which at that point, like those are people that are like, Oh, where are you from? I'm from Chicago. But you're not, you're from Lockport. Like <laughs> which is like that whole mentality just flows through with both of them um right off the bat. And I I'm already digging that. So, leaving the bar, uh, Marshall appears to have had a bit more than Nathan. Um, he also <laughs> offers to help Nathan write his novel, which Nathan's just like, yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hopefully you don't remember this. <laughs> so, um, they see something in the sky, and Marshall notices that it's levitating. Uh, it looks the same from every angle, and it kind of looks like a mini black hole. Um, Nathan, thinking that it's just like some light trick, reaches out for it. But then, like, the black hole connects with Nathan, transforming him. I loved this, like, full-page, like, art yeah. of him transforming. And it's like, I need that as something to hang up on my wall Please and thank you. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of those things that you see, particularly in the difference between bigger production comics and like smaller indie comics. Not that there's anything wrong with the indies at all, but the bigger comics, they will mess with the panel shapes. Mm-hmm. 
And this does that, but it's done in such a way where it represents the energy that's flowing around him. And it's, it is just fantastic. So both Nathan and Marshall have a bit of a freak out moment until two cops are trying to get them off the train tracks. Uh, Marshall, possibly not completely sobered up (laughs) um, after witnessing his friend turn into a superhero, uh, starts arguing with the cops, telling them that they'll get off the tracks once the cops are gone. Um, A train is coming, and at the last second, Nathan pushes Marshall off the tracks and manages to levitate the cops, their car, and the train. Um, before Nathan lets the cops down, Marshall starts making the cops promise not to arrest them. Um, one cop accuses them of extorting an officer, and, but the other one agrees to it. And if I were to ever somehow become a police officer and I was in this situation, this would be exactly what I would say. <laughs> he says, uh, what did they do? How do you even write them this up? I'm not equipped for heights, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep, that's, that would be me. Yep. <laughs> so... Uh, the end of the issue, Marshall ask, Nate, asks Nathan if this means that he can fly. Um, Nathan picks him up and the two fly off. Uh, at a water tower, Nathan tells Marshall uh, that he just thought about lifting the train. That's how he was able to do it. Uh, he's not able to take his helmet off until Marshall suggests that he just thinks about taking it off, which that works. Um, Nathan is concerned that he'll screw things up just like he screwed up in L.A., Marshall assumes, or assures Nathan, that he won't screw this up because Marshall won't let him. Um, As Marshall tells Nathan that after tonight, he's one of a kind, um, we see a bank in Chicago proper that has a wall blown out of it. From the rubble, we see someone else in a similar suit to Nathan's, only with red where Nathan's suit is black. Uh, This one, however, is carrying two duffel bags full of cash. Um, This was... See, like, so we had kind of a different experience reading these. Mm. Yeah, I I reread these six issues to prepare for this, but, like, you know, I read these issues month to month as they were coming out, and like seeing that last page was like, oh my gosh! Like, yeah, um, very cool to be like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, this guy is one of a kind. Wait, no, he's not. <laughs> yeah, I will admit there was a little bit of confusion on that. I'm like, oh, wait, is is this him just acting differently? Like, I didn't have any background, so yeah. apart from knowing. You know, that Radiant Black is kind of building into an entire universe. Didn't know there were multiple characters. So I was like, oh, has he figured out that uh, he can use these powers to help get himself out of debt? Like, that's not really what I saw coming at the end of this first issue. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. Final thoughts on this first issue before we move on. Um, it's, It's a great introduction to both the character and the hero. Um, it's that, it's that, oh, it's, it's that, it's that shock when someone gains superpowers and they don't know it or they don't know what to do with it. Um, so you know, right off the bat that you are going to be learning how this all works right along with Nathan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I also really enjoy the friendship between Marshall and Nathan and how Marshall is... (laughs) kind of 
for all intents and purposes, like inserting himself into the situation. Yeah. He's like, yeah, you're you're not going to mess things up because I'm not going to let you. <laughs> like, I'm going to be your hype man, dude, whether you want me to or not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So, issue two. Uh, it's early morning. Nathan is coming back home after a night, after his night out with a marshal. Uh, much to his chagrin, his dad is already awake. Uh, the talk turns to finances and what Nathan, Nathan is going to uh, do for income. Uh, his dad suggests that Nathan continue to drive for, we learn is driver, um, D-R-I-V-R, um, which Nathan immediately shoots down. Um, dad gives him the ultimatum that he's going to have to work if he's going to continue to live there. So cut to real world, uh, which is a video store where Marshall works. Um, I love this, like. I don't know if you read, like, if you really looked at, like, the, the sign outside of Real World where they were, like, selling, like, CBD products or whatever. And oh, it's my like, God. No, I hadn't seen that. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like every video store that, well, doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Like, <laughs> there was a pain in my heart because that's what, like, Family Video did in, like, the last, <laughs> like, I don't know, a couple years of its existence. Yeah. Like, they were, they were hawking uh, CBD products r- real bad. <laughs> Um, so that's what real world does. Uh, but also like Marshall is trying to talk a customer into this special that I guess he created. It's, uh, a what lies beneath and bath bomb special, (laughs) which I appreciate the, the correspondence there. That's well done. And like the customer is like, I don't really like, you know, I don't like this movie. Can I switch it out for something else? Like, no. That's what the special is, man. Um, But unfortunately, this wonderful scene is cut too short because the cops from last issue show up. We're back at Nathan's home. Um, He's woken up from a nap. Uh, Oh, he's also levitating. So that's (laughs) cool. Um, The cops are at the door with Marshall. The cops explain um, the detective like skills and how they found out Marshall and Nathan's real names. You spent a night in a bar literally around the corner from where we found you. (laughs) (laughs) And then they went on to say, like, it isn't exactly rocket science. It's like, I love that. Um, Nathan's mom comes home and wants to know what's going on. Uh, The cops cover a bit by telling her that her son is a hero for getting some jerk off of train tracks last night. Um, Which, like, Marshall in the background is like, watch your language. Right. (laughs) I'm right here. Don't talk about me. Um, but they do still have to get a statement from Marshall all the same, or from Nathan all the same. So, once Mom's gone, uh, the cops want to know about Nathan's powers and if he's working with the other one. Um, the cops try to tell Nathan that um, he could be an asset to the community uh, before they have to respond to a car crash. Um, at this point, Nathan has no idea even what they're talking about when they say the other one. Um, but then... Nathan decides that he needs to try to find this other, you know, this other person, which will will jump a little bit ahead because at this point, you know, his alter ego is not known as Radiant Black. We'll get there later. But just for simplicity's sake, we'll call the, the red version Radiant Red because that's yep. eventually what they'll be. So, um, yeah. So, um, tries to find this other Radiant. 
to hopefully learn about his new powers. Then we then get a montage of Nathan in Chicago picking up driver passengers and trying to get intel, which I thought was just, <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. I loved that. Um, he finally gets one guy who said that he saw things near a junkyard and gives Nathan information that there's been a second bank robbery. Nathan gets to the junkyard, suits up, um, and... If I'm not mistaken, this might be the only other, like, really amazing sequence of him, like, um, Mm -hmm. becoming Radiant Black. So he suits up um, and finds Radiant Red. Nathan starts asking questions uh, before Radiant Red just punches him, sends him flying. Uh, The two fight. Nathan gets his ass handed to him. (laughs) Uh, When he finally comes to, he realizes Radiant Red is gone, and so is his car. Um, Nathan catches up. Radiant Red drives Nathan's car over a bridge before jumping out with duffel bags full of cash. Um, With Nathan's powers that he's still trying to figure out, he's able to keep his car from hitting the water, but he also manages to get the duffel bags away from Radiant Red and sends Radiant Red flying. Uh, once Nathan realizes what's in the ba- bags, you kind of like at the end of issue one, you kind of had that same thought. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> Nathan is conflicted. We we only see this for just a second, but we see him being very conflicted. His money issues could be over, but then he's like, he can't do that. It's That's not the right thing to do. Um, he ends his night in Chicago by dropping off the cash at the bank Radiant Red just broke into. Uh, issue two ends with Nathan coming home again at sunrise. Uh, dad's having breakfast again. The two talk and Nathan tells his dad that he'll keep driving for driver, but his dad needs to be okay with him putting the work in to be a writer. Uh, his dad agrees, um, and tells Nathan that he's just glad he isn't lying in a gutter somewhere, (laughs) mostly because oatmeal is hard to (laughs) reheat, which I was like, that is a classic dad comment. <laughs> um, before we get to the next issue, like, so one of the things I really loved about this issue, how it like it starts and ends with him coming home late mm-hmm. and him having kind of the same conversation with his father, yep. but a mm-hmm. very different conversation with his father, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah, you, you can see that um, while... Nathan's mom was the one that was most excited to have him come home. Um, that was that that's a mom thing. Mm-hmm. Like she wants him to be there. She loves him. That's her kid there. It's all there is to it. Dad's like, yeah, it's great, but this is the real world. And like that shows in both of those conversations. He's like, I love you. You're my kid, but get your ass in gear because nothing's free like and i just i really appreciate that conversation um because i feel like i've had not that one because i didn't you know end up in massive debt and move home with my parents but like i've had those like those real world type conversations with my dad and they and, and it is it's like that dad joke but very it's dad joke heartfelt and logical all at the same time. And that's what both of those conversations are. Yeah. One, yeah. 100%. Um, what are, what are your thoughts on radiant red right now? Radiant red just kicked his ass. Mm-hmm. Like 
it that's just one of those things where it just shows that he really has no idea what kind of powers he has or how to use them. Like he just got manhandled at end of story. Um, it, it did open up those questions like, okay, who's radiant red? Where did they come from? Now we definitely like, it confirms that there are two of them, at least two. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is going on that we don't know? It starts opening up those bigger questions. Um, Honestly, my favorite part of that entire exchange is after he saves his car and he opens up the bags and sees all the money, the expressions on the mask. Absolutely. You can see the wheels turning and all you get are panels basically of his eyes narrowing in that mask. But you can see the thought process at the Mm -hmm. same time. Like that's a huge prop to uh, Miguel Costa for the art. Yeah. Be able to tell that much of the story and that much of like what's going on in Nathan's head with just those, what is it? One, two, one, two, four panels. Yeah. Like that's phenomenal. Yeah. Not a word is spoken in those panels, no. but you can tell exactly what he's thinking yep. in each one of those. Yeah. All right. Issue three. Um, it's another morning at the Burnett house and Nathan's dad is surprised to see Nathan already awake. It's a writing day for Nathan, um, and so he wants to get up early, hit the ground running. Um, do you do that? <laughs> no, no. Um, the fact that I got up this morning and wrote was the first time I have ever been an early riser writer. Um, everything is always late night for me. I'm, I'm a night owl, so early morning does like I'm not awake yet. I can't. I can't function. I can't form cohesive thoughts that early. So (laughs) it's definitely not an early morning thing for me. Uh, So then like we get a two page spread of one of Nathan's short stories called, called big time. Uh, It's about a pair of bank robbers and what happens when one of them is killed during a robbery. Um, Nathan wants to expand this story, but he's not sure how, uh, there's a crisis over commas versus M dashes, um, which I felt in my soul um, before his mom comes in and distracts him. Uh, Nathan tells her that he's got to go somewhere else to be able to concentrate. And then we get what is quite possibly the greatest cameo in the history of comic books. Do you remember the I am not a cat lawyer? Yeah. Yes. Right there. Oh my god! <laughs> and just how like Nathan's just like <laughs> like when I read that like the first time like I stopped for probably a good ten minutes just like laughing so hard uh, because I mean obviously in the meme culture that we live in you know this was a, a couple years ago but. In meme years, it's probably been about 2025, yeah, right? Um, so this issue came out, like, not long after, you know? It was probably, mm. you know, the I am not a lawyer cat, you know, kind of like was on a, <laughs> the, the downward trend, but like still there. It was just like, oh my God, so wonderful. Uh, I love that. <laughs> uh, so between panels of Nathan building a story, there are also black panels of what appears to be some kind of like alien language or symbols or whatever uh it's getting bigger and bigger until it says in english you know like radiant um and nathan is more than a little freaked out he goes to marshall's job 
where Marshall has been working on a name and logo for Nathan's alter ego. Uh, one of my favorite was Mighty Morphin, and then crossed out and then said <laughs> lawsuit. <laughs> yeah. That's why I asked that question in the beginning. I was like, wait a minute. Didn't he start that reboot? Because I'm like, wait. Yep. I didn't catch that the first time around, but yep. <laughs> um yeah. One of the uh, we we've called out quite a few of them already, but like one of the things with Radio Black that I love so much is all the little Easter eggs, mm. you know. There there are so many um which adds to its rereadability. It yeah. really does. Um so Nathan suggests something with the word radiant in it and Marshall comes up with radiant black. Nathan isn't sold on the idea, but Marshall, being Marshall, has already registered Radiant Black on, (laughs) it's not explicitly Twitter, but it's Twitter. Yeah. Um, And with his first tweet, hey, I'm the circle guy who gave back the money. (laughs) Like, gotta do the PR work. Yeah, but that is shitty PR work. (laughs) Just saying. I didn't steal it, I gave it back. (laughs) Uh, Nathan leaves, and as he's walking to his car, he has a lot of self-deprecating thoughts, um, thoughts of suicide and, you know, how easy it could be and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But it's interspersed with that same alien language we saw before. Um, He decides to work on his writing while having a couple beers at the bar, and he kind of seems to have a breakthrough. Um, We go back to his house. He's typing on his laptop. Um, but then there's an explosion. Uh, there's Radiant Black with a cape this time, um, who takes Nathan high above the town and reveals himself to Nathan as someone else before dropping Nathan to his death. Uh, did you recognize that face? Which, the, that, that, uh... The, the other Radiant Black. Oh, no. Okay, good. Um, I couldn't remember, and, and even when I was, like, coming up with the notes, I was like... I, at this point, didn't have time to go back and, like, look through the first uh, two issues again to see if I recognize that face. Um, I'm pretty sure he shows up later, if I'm if I'm remembering correctly. But anyway, um, Nathan wakes up. That whole thing was a dream, um, including all the progress that he was making. We see his laptop, and it's still just, like, one sentence long. And then that, that hurts. Comes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that hurts. Um, then a tweet comes through asking for Radiance Black's help, and Nathan decides that it's time for another writing break. Um, he arrives to a family trying to change a flat tire on the way to a Bulls game. And I think it was the kid who said, like, don't you have something better to do? <laughs> and Radiance Black Black's like, would you believe me if I said no? <laughs> Um, the father who has a broken arm says that he was just joking with the tweet, but appreciates the help. Uh, turns out radiant black and Nathan for that matter, uh, can't change a tire. Um, ouch. I feel seen. (laughs) Um, Instead, um, he flies the family and their car to the game. Um, there was a slight callback because I think like the mom was asking like, Radiant Black is like, aren't you cold? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. And as he's flying the car, he's wearing a scarf. <laughs> like, um, Mom gave him the scarf just in case. Just in case. Yep. <laughs> uh, Nathan comes home. It's 2 a.m. and he can't sleep. 
he gets his laptop back out and starts writing. So um, we are at the halfway point of this volume. What are your thoughts so far? Um, this was the issue that made me feel seen. There are so many of those questions where he sits and he's pondering the writing and the story and asking himself questions. And I was just like, oh, okay. Good, bad, indifferent. That's the way I work. Like, <laughs> like if I've got a plot idea, there's a lot of like, okay, so what about this? What about this? No, maybe what about this? And then like that, that, that light bulb goes on at the bar and I'm like, um, yeah, okay. Been there, done that. Like, um, Tabitha has been amazing when it comes to sitting and listening to me ramble through things. If we go to the beer garden or we go sit at a bar and I will talk about what I'm working on or what I'm thinking about. And like going through those ideas and it's just like he does that solo. I have to do that to bounce ideas off of her. Um, But like that moment of like illumination where it all comes into focus. I was like, okay, all right, well, cool. Glad I'm not the only one that works like that, which makes me feel like Kyle Higgins works like that, (laughs) which is, is reassuring to say the least. All right, we're at the halfway point, and I don't know that I can talk about issue four without another beer. Um, So are you ready for another one? I am. All right, so we're going to pause this. You get yourself a beer or whatever. Get yourself some Malort. No. That's fine, too. Don't. Um, And (laughs) we will be back. All right, so we're back. Um going to talk about issue four um like i had mentioned earlier how uh i had to you know i read this you know i I, i've read all radiant black as the issues come out so the end of this issue to when i got my hands on issue five (laughs) was the longest 30 Mm. days of my Mm -hmm. life like holy shit so nathan is in an unfamiliar place right now there's uh someone talking but he doesn't understand them eventually the voice says hello nathan and it's revealed to be a giant robot who says welcome to existence uh then we go to marshall's house um where he gets a text from nathan um nathan says that it's start time to start practicing with his with the radiant powers and nathan couldn't be happier it's like freaking finally um let's see what i can do (laughs) right so the two have target practice um the targets are uh cowl action figures which again is another just lovely easter egg uh marshall asks or uh marshall asks nathan what prompted prompted this training nathan says that he needs to be able to protect himself if someone from wherever these powers came from uh comes looking for them 
Nathan says that he needs to be able to protect himself if someone from wherever these powers came from uh, starts looking for them. For them, Nathan also admits to Marshall that he's been seeing these weird symbols and talking with a giant freaking robot. <laughs> um, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. Um, Marshall <laughs> suggests that the way to get Nathan's powers to be more intense is to get him angry. And then he says this to, to Nathan to get him angry. He says, your pros suck. The Oxford <laughs> commas overrated. Chandler wishes you'd never read him. Justine would still be around if you knew how to conjugate. Mm. That was such a highlight for me. Um, yeah, like <laughs> clearly Marshall knows how to pick all of Nathan's buttons. <laughs> Why do you have to go after the Oxford comma? Because it's shit. <laughs> Those fighting words. <laughs> I'm aware. <laughs> so then we cut back to existence. Well, I guess um, right before then, I didn't write this down, but um, after um, after their training session, uh, Nathan asks Marshall, he's like, do you even know what conjugate means or something like that? And Marshall's like, uh, I just use that as you couldn't get it up or something like that. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's fantastic. So now we cut back to existence. Uh, the robot tells Nathan that their connection is permanent for the duration of Nathan's life. Nathan is part of existence. Uh, he also tells Nathan that nor war is near uh, for the Radiant and asks if he will do what is required to sh save his species. Uh, Nathan and Marshall are walking back to real world when Radiant Red shows up. Nathan quickly transforms into Radiant Black. The two have a knockdown, drag out fight. Um, the the art for this is wonderful. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, Red knows who Nathan is, where he lives, and uh, will hurt him publicly, privately, personally. Uh, the two do structural damage to the building they're in. Um, Radiant Black is trying to hold everything up. Red says that the bearing walls are crumbling. Black tells Red that they're in, as well as the few uh, people who are still in the building, to go before he pushes them out. The building collapses with Radiant Black still in there. Um, Marshall runs the rubble and finds Nathan unconscious. Uh, then we kind of shoot back to existence. Robot asks again if Nathan will take uh, his life to save humanity. Doesn't specify who he is. Uh, Nathan can't give an answer, so the robot says, the world, you, will die. Back in the scene, Marshall is crying out for help. Nathan isn't breathing. Uh, the mini black hole comes out of nathan's chest marshall hears a voice it says your best or your friend is gone deceased uh now we're back in existence but now marshall is in front of the robot the robot asks him if he is ready for war um where nathan was hesitant marshall immediately agrees and grabs the black hole um this death scene was just like oh my god yeah. like it was heartbreaking um did not see this coming 
at all. Um, no, it was definitely yeah. shocking. It was definitely a twist. Um, I I can't imagine having read this in a single issue because yeah, the uh, the time in between four and five has got to be just like like what the hell? Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, like just like you know that that quick ish you know synopsis. It's just like. It doesn't, and we get a little bit more in the next issue, but it's like, it does not, you know, like, properly convey, like, what Marshall is going through. Like, Marshall is, no. like, <clears throat> freaking out. Um, not not ready to, you know, admit that this has happened to his friend. So now we're at issue five. Like I just said, Marshall isn't ready to admit that his friend <laughs> is gone. Um, eventually, Nathan does grasp for air. A medic confirms that there's a shallow pulse, uh, but tells Marshall that Nathan's heart has already stopped, or was already stopped when they got there, and that he's nowhere near right, or close to being out of the woods. Marshall panics, runs off, transforms into Radiant Black, and then flies away. Uh, he crash lands and screams out that he doesn't want it. He does not want, you know, this. He doesn't want to be Radiant Black. Cut to the hospital. Marshall's in the waiting room watching a CGN, which stands for Circle Guy News. It's a <laughs> YouTube channel uh, devoted to Circle Guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, discussing the day's events and if Radiant Black is actually the hero that they thought that he was. Um, Nathan's parents come out and give an update that the doctors aren't really seeing brain activity. Um, then we see Marshall in existence, uh, where he is told that his sink is progressing faster than Nathan's and that he is ready. Uh, when asked if he's ready for war, Marshall says that he only wants to find the son of a bitch that put his friend in a coma. Um, if the robot can help him do that, he'll do whatever cosmic shit is wanted from him. Uh, Marshall, as Radiant Black, finds Radiant Red, um, who is surprised that Black is still alive. Marshall reveals that he's not Nathan, and the two fight. Um, he realizes that Radiant Red's powers are different. Um, Radiant Red is able to absorb energy uh, to make make him more powerful. Um, Radiant Black sends Red crashing into a frozen Lake Michigan. Um, at this point, Marshall realizes that he has a cape mode. <laughs> um, right before Red comes out of the water, uh, it almost in almost what looks like an exoskeleton, mm. uh, Marshall fights back, um, saying he won't stop until Red is dead. Red unmasks, and it's revealed that Red is actually a woman, and she only wanted to scare Nathan. Um, we will talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh, before the two can can continue, uh, they're joined via portal by the other two uh, by two other radiants, yellow and pink, who tell them that they're in legit danger. Uh, pink tells them that he's here and is going to kill them. Yellow says that he's powerful and can counteract anything they can do. There's a blast. Uh, a mysterious figure says you have something that is not yours and tells them that they will lose their lives and their only choice is if their planet will die as well. Um, I kind of breezed through that, but what were your thoughts on issue five? Um, the Hulkbuster suit, if you will, for <laughs> Radiant Red um, was awesome. Um, I love how we get introduced to two more at the end of this issue. 
the battle is fantastic. Um, seeing, I'm working this backwards basically, but the seeing the 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 struggle of Marshall dealing with these powers, seeing his friend in the hospital, trying to figure all of this out all at the same time. Um, I, I I don't the. <laughs> So this is a this is a strange comparison, but the only thing I can compare this 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 last page of issue five to is reading the first book of Game of Thrones, and spoiler alert, getting three quarters of the way through it, and your favorite character dies, and knowing that this story is just getting started, mm-hmm. like you see the bad guy at the end of issue five. Like everything else has been peanuts compared to what is going to happen now. And it's just, it's almost jaw dropping to realize that like, okay, we thought we had a grip on what was happening, what was going on. And you really basically didn't have a clue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My... My big gripe, and I didn't even really appreciate this when I was reading it month to month, but it was something that, like, it was, I noticed it rereading it, and it was just absolutely jarring, is how Radiant Red is a woman, but that is not how Radiant Red was shown earlier earlier like yeah. in the at, in at least the first two issues yep. you know um i like the character and with issue six we're going to dive more into that character i like the character i like her backstory i am here for her mm. but i wish that they showed her as a woman from the first the, issue yeah. um it's i guess mm. it is kind of clear that you know, especially with like the the Hulkbuster suit, if you will, <laughs> that maybe she can change appearance slightly or mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, like there is also a Radiant Red miniseries. I have read that, uh, and I don't think that it explains it, but that's going to be my head canon. Is that you know, as she powers up, she can you know she can look different, um, but like. I don't know if it was something that was a fake out from the beginning. I don't know if it was something that they decided after issue two, mm-hmm. like, hey, what if we actually did this? You know, like it just it just bugged me. Yeah. And um but outside of that, you know, outside of that reveal, um, yeah, I just I loved this. I loved the um struggle that Marshall is going through right now you know like and and I'm sure that he also feels a little bit of guilt in this as well you know like you know he he didn't initially push Nathan to become the superhero he didn't tell Nathan to grab the black hole but you know it's Marshall's idea for Nathan to have become the hero that he is you know um, so I'm sure that there is, I don't know if you can call it survivor's guilt or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, like it's just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And you're right. This kind of like 180, like we ex- were expecting this in these first four issues. And then we see issue five and it's like, Hey, <laughs> you guys were dumb. For yeah. thinking any of that. You're just getting started. <laughs> right. Yeah. So 
issue six um, takes a break from the main story. It is Radiant Red's origin story. Um, so since it's not part of the main story, we're just going to kind of like breeze through this issue. Um, so Satomi lives in Romeoville, Illinois. Kind of weird that at least two of the Radiants live in Chicagoland. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, so she lives in Romeoville, Romeoville uh, with her fiancé, Owen. Uh, the couple is going through some money troubles, mostly because of Owen's gambling addiction. Uh, she learns that the money troubles are worse than she thought when um, a red black hole crashes near her, transforming her into radiant red. Satomi tries to get a loan in her name and discovers that her savings account has been drained by Owen. Uh, the two get into an argument. Uh, she goes to leave, but he says that he can't fix anything without her and asks her to not give up on him. She leaves, goes to the bank that denied her loan, and as Radiant Red, steals a shitload of money. <laughs> and now we circle back to issue one where Radiant Red is stealing from banks. Exactly. <clears throat> so, um, like I said, we just we breezed through issue six. But what, what did you think of issue six? Um, I liked it, but it definitely caught me off guard after the way issue five ended. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't... <laughs> I wasn't really expecting that because usually when they bind up so many issues, you get an arc. Um, And this felt like an arc plus one. Yeah. So I almost feel like this should have like issue six would have been better placed at the beginning of volume two. Um, But uh, I, I don't, I'm not unappreciative of the backstory of knowing where radiant red came from. Um, obviously learning that these other characters have just as complex a situation as Nathan or Marshall for that matter. Um, it just, after the buildup and the climax of issue five, it just, it felt like kind of a letdown to finish out this volume. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I can get that. Um, especially like, you know, seeing that, like villain reveal of issue five and then you have issue six which is not i mean it's connected right but it's not connected to what (laughs) what we're dealing with right this second um so yeah so that is it is a little jarring it's a little like frustrating i guess Mm -hmm. especially again if you're you know reading it month to month and not trade waiting which might even be worse if you're trading, right? <laughs> you know, but like, um, whereas you were expecting to wait thirty days to, you know, get the next of the story. Now, oh, now it's sixty days. Yep. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You know. Um. But yeah. So, but still, like, it was. I liked seeing this. I liked the complexities. Mm-hmm. I liked how Satomi is. She's not a villain. No. She doesn't want to be. No. You know. It makes me feel like definitely, and if you, you know, now that, since you're caught up, maybe you can tell me otherwise, but I feel like yellow and pink, we're going to get similar issues further down the road to kind of explain some of their background. Um, For sure with yellow. Okay. Pink has a mini series. Okay. I can't remember if pink got an issue like this though. Okay. But I feel like I feel like maybe she did. She for sure has a miniseries though. Okay. So 
Um, so final final thoughts on uh, on Radiant Black, the not so secret origin. <laughs> um, overall, I loved it. Um, there are a lot of the writing aspects for Nathan that I connected to, which was a little disturbing. Um, <laughs> but I also knew that I had read issue one previously before going into the whole volume. Um, so issue one was basically a reread, which is fine. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, kind of, like I said, if I hadn't been trying to focus on volume one for our discussion, um, I would probably be at least through volume three already. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything more to say. Um, I fanboyed about this <laughs> issue, about this series at the beginning of this episode. I've fanboyed uh, throughout the episode. And if you listen back to other issues of our main pod um, or other episodes of our main pod, um, I've fanboyed then as well. So <laughs> y'all know where I'm at. Um, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, give us give us a rating for this uh, for this volume because of the side story in issue six and the lead up in volume in issue five um i think i'm gonna go with seven out of ten um i i think if it had ended with issue five it would have been higher um like i said that last issue not unnecessary by any stretch but not really attached to the rest of the volume. Yeah. Um, I'm going nine out of 10. Okay. Um, this book is everything that I <laughs> wanted it to be. Um, you know, Kyle Higgins writing is fantastic. Um, the, the art by, um, I'm blanking on his name. Marcelo Costa. Mm. Marcelo Costa's art is phenomenal. Um, yeah, like just the the style of writing, the humor, the action, everything about it is everything that I want. I understand what you're saying about mm-hmm. issue six. Um, it it bugs me, but not not that bad. Okay. Really, the only reason that it, it that this first volume doesn't get a perfect ten in my view is the fake out with Radiant Red. Okay, that's it. That's fair. Um, if not for that. It just it yeah absolutely, um, but yeah, if you haven't read Radiant Black, um, well, first off, why have you listened to this spoiler heavy <laughs> podcast? Um, you you masochist, um, but uh, if you haven't read Radiant Black, do yourself a favor, mm. read this book. Um, it's just oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um. Yeah, any any final thoughts before we sign off, Matt? Uh, I'm going home to read volume two. Good man. <laughs> Good man. Um, if you guys have any suggestions for drinks or comics for us to consume, I said in jest last time. You that was did. gross. Consume, consume is better. Consume. Consume is way, way better. <laughs> Um, if you have any drinks or comics for us to consume, um, let us know. We, we, we'd have, we'd be happy to try either. Yeah. Um, unless it's a Malort cocktail. Yeah. Um, no, done. Yeah. I'd try a Malort cocktail. Nope. 
I mean, depending on what else is in it. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, on that note, <laughs> drink responsibly, and we'll see you in the funny pages. Bye. Bye. That's going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. It would be a shame if you didn't follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Geek Awakens Podcast or on Twitter at Geek Awakens. Theme music created and produced by E. Cannon Beats. Our logo was designed by Shay McCain. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. We're boldly gone. <laughs>